Hi everyone, I am Suan Brown and welcome to Behind the Stets, Behind the RN in Sue's Life Room, where we get a chance to see and talk to RNs who are fighting on the front lines and just to see that we are human beings just like everybody else. We'll dive into how they've been feeling, how they've been dealing with work and how they also self-care so that work doesn't overwhelm them. I hope you enjoy the podcast and stick around. We have some great things to talk about. Anywho, thank you guys for coming and welcome to another episode of Sue's Life Room, Behind the Stets, Behind the RN. Today, I know she don't like me to hype her up, but I don't Please. Today we have Deidre Christian, one of my internet besties, right? I will say that this girl has hyped me up. When we, when did we become friends on Instagram? I don't know. I don't even know what happened. But listen, it happened, the universe aligned us, and it was just like, yes. She's about to be my internet bestie. So, listen, I am happy to be having this conversation with her. She's a very, very busy nurse. Um, however, she's taken time out to talk to us today in Sue's life room. Welcome, <laughs> B. Hi, Sue. I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, no problem. And I, I did send you the questions before, but I have tweaked them a little bit. Okay, but I know, I know that the tweaking, we're not going to have an issue where you're concerned. (laughs) Um, I'm looking forward to a great conversation. Anyways, for those who are joining in, thank you so much for joining in, guys. Welcome to Sue's Life Room, behind the steps, behind the RN. We have another wonderful guest with us, Deidre Christian, and um, we'll just be talking with her as we always do. If you guys have any questions, you can always drop them in the comment box as we talk and go in. Um, you can always drop your questions in and we'll always answer, stop and answer. If I don't see it, deal see it and we'll stop and answer. Let's make it an interactive discussion um, where we just get to know D a little bit more. Right. All right. So um, first question, what are five things you want somebody to know about you when they first meet you? So, you know, I saw this as the first question and I was just like, <laughs> because it's an interesting question and, and and a part of me initially I was just like I don't know what I want you know somebody to know about me and I, I thought about it a little bit more and um, I'm kind of an introvert and so at first glance it may not seem that way that you know I'm an introvert but if you strike up a conversation with me, I will gladly have a conversation with you. But for me to strike up a conversation with somebody else, it don't happen. So <laughs> I'm an introvert. Um, you know, I'm, I'm welcoming, sometimes too welcoming. Um, I give people a lot of rope, a lot of rope. Um, you know, when they mean something to me and if, if it's somebody that it doesn't matter, you know, they don't mean anything, then it you're out on the first go. So it's, that's the most that I could come up with. That's about three. But yes. <laughs> I feel like, I feel like when you meet somebody, 
um, that first conversation, it just determines whether or not you and that person are going to click or whether or not you guys are just not going to really get along. You know, you right. get a feel of the person when you meet them. And I feel like I'm, I'm either going to be for you or I'm not. There's nothing that I can really say. You know, it's kind of weird. And I kind of feel like when we first met, we just, it just, you just clicked. Like, I don't know, like, we just clicked. Like, we would go away for some time and she'd come back and I'm like, internet bestie! Right? I have my Instagram disappearances. <laughs> I know. Right, right. Um, so, dive right into nursing. How long have you been a nurse? Um, going into 10 years now. Because I, I graduated in November 2011, started working at KPH February so of 2012. Where? Which nursing um, UE, University okay. Hospital, main campus. Mm -hmm. And so then I graduated in 2011, started working at KPH February of 2012 mm -hmm. um, to November. And then November, I left and went to UE, and I worked at UE until 2016 when I left to come here. Okay. Um, and what specialty were you in before you decided to leave Jamaica? Um, I, I was on ortho. That's where I was at UE. And I was there for, because you know, they, in Jamaica, they rotate you. So right. when, unless you're specialized in like ER, those other places, you're just going through the, the mid-surge units. So I think, I think my last, the most time I spent was on Ward 17 um, mm -hmm. at UE, which is, which is ortho. Which is ortho. Okay, so uh, quick question. Nurse why is our questionnaire. I love her. <laughs> why the switch to UE? So, KPH was rough, man. KPH was, oh, that was the roughest time of my, like, big up. I have a lot of friends that work at KPH. Look here now. Big up to the KPH nurse them. Not to say that UA is not is not it, its own thing, but one, I mean, the workload at KPH was was out of control. I remember one night it was me and one of my friends, and it was the two of us, and there were like forty patients on the ward, and we, like at eight o'clock in the morning, we weren't even done with 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 six o'clock meds. Like yeah, KPH will make or break you. So I, you know. It was that, and it was UA paid a little bit more. Because at right. KPH, I was making 50 after tax. And then when I moved to UA, I was making about 10 grand more. So, you know, it was just what it is. Yeah. Girls, um, think it's all KPH. Yeah, KPH makes you into the nurse that you are absolutely. It um, does. You, so I think for yeah. a lot of people, I decided, so when I, I worked at Bustamante, but listen, when me, when we were going to do SPAN for RENR, you had to choose between KPH and UE. Listen. What? We I went even into the dean's office and I said, listen to me. They KPH never even gave us that option. I remember <laughs> when you did SPAN, when you, when you did, you know, regionals, um, you it was just wherever the place you i think you had the choice like you could say okay southeast sarah so you could choose to be in that system if right. that was the area that you wanted to be but let me tell you something now i was there and we were like listen it's gonna be spanish town or kph 
And we were just sitting there like, Spanish tonarchy. And all of my friends were like, okay. We went down to the, we went down to the place when, when we heard that the list was out. And we asked, you know, yes. oh, the list. Because a lot of us didn't. And I think Busta was on there. Yeah. Make it KPH. Girl, I, I got, for some reason, I got, oh God, um, I did get KPH too. And I said, no, I like, I can't do it. Like, I'm letting y'all know, I can't, like, is there a way for me to like transfer to like a Bustamante, you know, I can't, and they're just like, okay, we'll see what happened. And I think for me, mm -hmm. somebody had dropped out and said they wanted to go oh, to Spanish Town and, and then just wrote me and I was like, yes, look at God. Look at God. <laughs> Look here now. Mm -mm. Was it easy getting a job in the hospital after graduating? They placed, well, when I graduated back in 2011, they placed you. The only place that, I, like private hospitals, where you would have to apply, um, that's, I guess, the only, uh, you know, whether or not they really choose you. You know what I mean? And like, um, Yui has, Yui wasn't placement. Yui, you had to apply right. to get in. And so, then you had to do like a pharmacological exam. Yeah, and you had to do that exactly. Mm -hmm. So that was that was it for Yui. And I know Yui had a private wing, but even so, when you went to Yui, Yui had you know the orientation nurses, um, the senior nurses, and then they chose where which unit you started off in, and they chose whether or not you were going to start in a specialty, or right. you could request it. But at the end of the day, it was really um, their decision. So I think like Yui and those places, you would have had to, um, you would have had to apply. But with Sarah, they just, they just place you. Placed you, right. But big up um, Nikki, because is Nikki get me into Yui? <laughs> my sister, my sister graduated 2009 mm -hmm. and she had some friends and they are my friends. And Nikki, <laughs> let me tell you something. Nikki is my sister from another mother because she knew everybody up by Yui. Mm -hmm. and, my, and, and she's the one that, she's the one that I think really got me in, if I, if I remember correctly. She got me in. Mm -hmm. <laughs> All <laughs> right. So what was one major reason why you decided to leave the, um, Jamaica? Um, okay. So I can say this, it, it's, it's almost two part. When I applied to nursing school, I didn't know what I wanted to do. My sister who had started, um, my sister who had started nursing school, which she apparently it is what she wanted to do. Um, she was just like, Deidre, you know, you have all the qualifications to get into nursing school. I'm doing nursing. I have all the books. And back in that time, nurses were migrating, right? So when she was in school, nurses were migrating and I had just started, they had migrating. And by the time she graduated in 09, the whole recession had hit and it was a yeah. whole crap shoot and nobody, cause my sister and my brother was here. Right. So listen, my brother and me is like extraness back in the day <laughs> still, but you know, back in the day it was really me and my brother and me and my sister never get along too good. So my sister was like, you know, apply and then, you know, you can go, you can go live a foreign with your brother and Ray, Ray, Ray. So live I said, foreign. okay, I'm going to apply. So mm -hmm. I applied and um, I got in and I did nursing and it just so happened that I'm really good at it. And I, and I care, you know, I absolutely care about my patients and I care about people. 
And I love Jamaica. I love KPH and I did love UAE. Even though the work did hard, I did still love the people there and the excitement. But when time came for me to come here, it was a matter of survival. I could not survive at, in Jamaica making $60,000 a month. I just, I couldn't. And it was crazy because I came up with Shane and um, I was like, oh God, I really big up my sister Tash now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I really, when I came up that year, right before we got married in 2013, mm -hmm. I was just like, oh God, I'm not going back home. I'm going to run off. It was a whole situation. <laughs> I'm going to run off. I'm not going back home. And my father called me and him say, Deidre, you're not coming home. <laughs> my mother said, come home. My, 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 my dad was like, I'm not speaking to her. Look here. So my father said, I'm not speaking to me. I said, look here, but I think it's going home. And it, it, it evolved into, I started to really like hunt down places online. And that's when I found Avant. Because back then, I think we had, you had, they had just started opening back up. Right, right in about 20 in about 2014 2014 or yeah. so yes somewhere there so right because i had gotten married in 2013 and i think i had i had started like looking aggressively for agencies that would take nurses and the popular one there what do you call it o'grady the o'grady they would not take you unless you were specialized and oh. so avant was this and Medpro, O'Grady and Medpro that were established. If you were not specialized, they were they weren't taking you. And then I had found Avance, and I had just randomly applied and whatever. And then come most of the January or something, them called me. Listen, I was ready, and we weren't. It's funny because a lot of people we weren't sure if it was real or if it was fake. And I'm like, listen, if if them not ask for the money from me, I am me ago. May I go? Because not, they're not asking you for any money. They're not asking you to do anything. They're just saying, hey, send me your documents and we're going to start working on getting you to pass the NCLEX and blah, 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 blah. So with that being said, I was ready. Ready, ready, ready. Ready like Freddy to go. So it was really just like yeah, it's just nah, add up. The money it's just not... the money just never did add up. I couldn't make it. I couldn't make it too. 50000 and my student loan was 30000 our God truth. I would I get paid fifty thousand dollars and student loan is thirty thousand dollar. And when I just I couldn't you couldn't provide for yourself and, and back in that time I was living at home. Shane had started to make money. I think he had he had started the business that he's doing now the year we got married. Because the year we got married, he was like, Yo, well figure out how you pay for that wedding year. Cause here we are getting married in there's so many mistakes I make in life. But anyway, yes. not mistakes. I'm happy of my wedding. They're lessons. They're lessons. Lessons. Like, if I could do it over, I would never spend so much money. You know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? And it was when you sit table, $5,000 plates, and 10 people don't show up. So you get $50,000 that's that show, you know? Gone. Gone. But yeah, you know, even so, that's aside, he was like, yo, my figure out a way, we have to make some money. So he, he was always an entrepreneur from the day I met him. So he started something and it was it, it had it was working out. You understand? Exactly. But even so, I was like, I was I, I think after I failed NCLEX twice, I was just like, I'm gonna do it. And he's like, Hold no. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Roll it all the way back. 
which was like early morning or late night where I know that I wouldn't be at work. So I picked out a time frame that I would never be disturbed. Nobody would call it, would be calling me. And there was no reason for me to not get up at that time and study. Sometimes it was like two in the morning because right. I had six o'clock shift. And when I had 12 o'clock shift, I still got up at two in the morning because that had to be the time that made me consistent. And right. consistency in anything that you do is really key to your success, right? Consistency. Okay. Roll it on back. Roll it back. What did you say about consistency? I'm telling you. Consistency. Consistency is literally the key to your success. It is not. A lot of people, when I, when I go gym every single day and whatever, it's not about, it's not about motivation, you know. It's not about motivation because if, if you wait until you're motivated all the time, you're not going to do it. And that's what separates people. You have to be consistent in everything that you do. Anything that you want to be successful, you must be consistent. And you must find a time that will allow you to be consistent. Right. right? right. So 2 o'clock in the morning was my witching hour. I think 10 o'clock at night and 2 o'clock in the morning. And it was 4 hours. 4 hours and the matawa, I'm study. But don't look at my phone. I, I think I would study like for an hour or two and then I take a 10 because they give you 15 minute breaks in the exam. Yeah. So I wouldn't take a break for more than 15 minutes. And for that 15 minutes, I would, I would probably just walk around. I would clear my mind. I wouldn't check my phone. I wouldn't do any of those things because I don't want to engage my brain in something else. Right? I don't want to get distracted by a because message. Because once you get distracted, it's hard to refocus. Right. So right. that's what I would do. And I did that for five weeks. I built up taking questions. I built up my stamina. I was in and out of that. And I saw the pattern because the exam has a pattern. And once you kind of see it, you can't unsee it. Right. So I did that and 75 questions and I was out. So Doyen, you know, so me can't deal with some of them people, with some of them name. Oh, no, I bet my bite my tongue, you know. Leave her. I'm a brethren. I'm a brethren from paradise. And she's so out in other... I'm a friend. So, Deidre brighter than me. Because Deidre says she takes five weeks. September, girl, it took me six months after I failed my first. First of all, me have to come out of myself, yeah? Because, madam, me can't understand, oh, this is an entry-level exam. And me feel, yeah? So I'm all up in my feelings. I feel bad about myself. I'm a terrible nurse. I can't pass the exam. So it took me to get over that first. And yeah. then after I, get, I got over that, I decided to take six months to study. And maybe I never need the six months, but girl, it was six months to me. Did you write it on me? I didn't need the six months because I said... <laughs> I did. I did the first exam. I failed two sixty five. I waited thirty days. I didn't study, and then I did it again and did two sixty five. And then it took me a couple months, but I never studied. In right, right. Yeah. I was taking a break. Yeah, that's I, true. September. You need to go back to the drawing board, girl. You're not done. You just need to figure but, out your algorithm yeah. and just decide that you're going to get it done. Yeah, she said yes. consistency is not... Con Listen to me. Consistency is hard. Consistency, again, it takes discipline. Mm -hmm. It takes... I saw a saying, I saw a goalpost, I think, once. They say, um, successful people do what it is that unsuccessful people won't do consistently. 
Yes. Yeah. Consistent. Yep. The first time I failed the second semester of my nursing school first time and went back. Oh, so you got back. So, so um, girl, keep going. Keep going. Girl, keep going. Deidre, who, the, the, the jobs that you've had now since you've been here, has anybody asked you how no. many times you failed in clicks? Them don't care. Them don't care. Them don't care how much time you fail. Them don't care which school you go. Them don't care if it's a brick and mortar or not. Them don't care. Them there don't we care. go. Yeah, them the business. Like, them just want no. I have the license. Done. You just Done. need to get over that part. Exactly. So you said that you came up with um, Avant. I did. Um, and you've been in the U.S. 2016, so that's five years. Yeah. January makes six years. You can't believe it. So I want you all to remember the years because um, this is going to make a little bit more sense when we get to the point that I'm trying to get D to, you know? <laughs> but um, let's still go over like some groundwork. Um, what was immigration process like for you? You said you and Shane were married before you came up. Mm -hmm. That was, immigration was honestly smooth sailing. I, okay, good. Right? I passed um, end of June. I passed like the last week in June. Mm -hmm. The first was two weeks later, which was mid-August. And I had my visa and everything and I was leaving on the 26th of January. Wow. August, September, October, November, December and I was out by January. We I never thought it was going to be like that. We thought that it was going to be about a year. A year. I was out. Peace out. Gone. It was there. <laughs> was all right it just kind of and 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 one of the things was i was very i had fat i i used to so one of our side hustles back back home was i used to fill out visa forms like shane had a business he had an internet cafe <laughs> and he did like a visa form to be filled out mm -hmm. i would fill it up for you and I would tell you what you need to take and whatever whatever so i because i fill out the visa forms for literally everybody Right. So I was familiar with the verbiage and familiar with filling out Menino, America, Menino, whatever. So whenever they asked for things, I had it. And I was Wait. all on top of it. Like if you needed, you understand, I made sure that all of my paperwork was current. I made sure I had, I had made sure that I had everything changed. My name had changed. Everything was like literally done. So by the time that they asked me for things, I was just giving it to them. There was no right. delay. Right, and right. That probably helped. Okay. So we landed in the US. Um, I went through MedPro. I'm not sure how the advanced system went, but when you're now in Florida. Okay, so you get to Flo you get to Florida. They yeah. do they onboard you? Onboard I you in Florida? Advanced process, I think, I want to say that it's four to six weeks. I don't know. It's been so long. And I didn't do it. I didn't do the traditional way. Okay. So we had already, so I used to travel often. So we already had like a U.S. account. We were already driving in the U.S. Because when we would come up, my brother would be like, yo, take a drive. You know what I mean? So, and we were, rent, we, we, when we came to the exam, we were renting car. We were like already acclimatized. And right. I had 
look how Swan going come and make me talk my things them <laughs> internet. <laughs> so, I have like attachment issues. Like I am very clingy. I'm a very um family person and I don't like to be by myself and I don't like to go to new places. It gives me a lot of anxiety, right? Okay. So I called Avant and I was like, listen, I don't need your culture class business business i say you need to skip over those three weeks for me because i have a u.s account i already have all these things that's what they did they did three weeks worth of culture right two weeks say um weeks classroom two weeks clinical no i never even did the shadow shift i did they had a cultural thing and i skipped that i tell them i don't cultural thing i said the only thing i want from the cultural thing is them can help me get my driver's license right and that's the only thing i did and then the two weeks where they did like the clinical review and you had to do skills they make your site ivs and do all of these things that you typically don't do back home so they, they help you to do all of that so that you, you're a little bit more comfortable when you when you go over so i spent two weeks and those two weeks i didn't stay in advance because Avant put you up they give you an apartment your room with other people, I think like two or three people, and then um, you go class and you come home and whatever. So that's the traditional way. For me, me and Shane rented an extended stay. We were in an extended stay for two weeks because I was like, I'm not staying by myself. We rented a, an extended stay for two weeks. We rented a car for like a week, and he bought a car for the second week. Okay. And then he picked me up. And then him, he he kind of just like, you know, I understand he kind of just helped me. And it helped with my anxiety, me personally. And I know that there are other people that stayed with friends in Florida and did it that way as well. I don't know if they skipped over like the cultural transition, but I skipped it over because there was nothing for you to tell me that I didn't already know. I was there, in the <laughs> there. I had a brother and you understand I had, I had the support that I needed. Right, right. And which is um, one of the reasons why, you know, a lot of my friends or even people that I don't know whenever they migrate, and I'm like, listen, shoot me a text or call me. You know what I'm saying? Because I am more than happy to extend any knowledge that can help you to make you more comfortable. I don't believe in, I don't believe in this, this, this mentality of don't ask me nothing or make a tell you lie or make a tell you say whatever i'm not saying the truth tell me tell you the truth and and a lot of people started this this whole trend of because a lot of people had messaged me and was saying oh you know people saying it not worth it because you're too lonely and you're too unhappy i'm like listen if you can deal with the loneliness and the unhappiness and it's not even unhappiness it's a matter of if you can deal with the loneliness because it can get lonely it does it does if you can be lonely here because back home it's small and you know where everybody is and you can drive here and Texas alone if you drive 10 hours one direction in Texas and you're still in Texas yeah so it can get lonely but I feel like as a community of nurses coming from a small island we all need to be there for each other yeah and it really irks me it don't matter if you like me or if you don't like me it don't matter the, the, the fact that you're coming and you're saying hey can i ask you a few questions i am going to tell you i'm right. going to open an adventure account because they're for expats and they will give you a 2500 hundred dollar credit card because i learned that from avant so all my friends then whenever i go through avant myself here go open that and if you want to buy a house because if people sell them house people come up with savings 
if you can afford it and you want to buy a house, you don't need two, three years worth of um, building your credit. Right. You can get a loan and you can do it. And, and I just feel like we need to, as a community, we need to be there for each other. Yes. And stop telling people don't come because it, it not worth it. No, no, no. It's worth it. You can, if you're lonely, jump on a plane and go on home for a weekend because you can afford it. Deidre, be yourself. Be yourself, I'm alive. That's true. Stop telling people to come, man. And stop telling them to stop it. So I, them. Anyways. <laughs> Back to your so, business. Right? Because we're coming, down, we're coming down to the house part. You know, we're coming down to the house part because, you know, Deidre right. has some praise reports. I'm, I'm going to big up my friend. Yeah. I want everybody for no say. If she can do it, we can do it too. Absolutely. My friend is big up in these streets. But we're getting there. <laughs> so, um, one of the biggest things I've noticed now in the media is that the American U.S. nursing profession is not unionized. I was not aware of this before I came here. Were Every you, and how do you think it has impacted nursing care here in the U.S.? So, it's such a double-edged sword because I feel like some states are worse than others and some facilities are worse than others. Because mm -hmm. Texas is not unionized. And my understanding is there's a hospital he who should not be named because <laughs> I don't there's a hospital that was, I think, they were almost operated under a union and when it was bought out mm -hmm. the nurses that were a part of the union they had a difficult time getting jobs at because na let's say 99 percent of texas because i only know of that one hospital but majority of texas is non-union right. is union so you find that them not gonna deal with certain things working Over conditions are better there right for us I honestly have to say that it depends on where you work and, and management have a lot to do with it. I've seen people saying them getting up to eight patients. It has never been that way for us. The I worked at one hospital bedside. We never got more than six. Um, I un my understanding is that it has gotten harder because a lot of people have left. But before they give you six, they block the beds. Okay. Block the rooms and you can't admit because you don't have the staffing to admit. Okay. ERs are really feeling the brunt of it because they don't have anywhere for the people to go. They don't have anywhere for the people to go. The people are in the ER. So for me, in the hospitals that I have worked at, I can say that I feel like management has a lot to do with it. Um, and I have not heard of any facilities giving nurses within the Houston area, more than six people. I have heard that in the more rural areas where they have no choice, that a lot of tomfoolery is going on. <laughs> I, I have to be honest, but I do, I have heard that unionized states, they are better off because it's like they don't get more than four and they kind of max out at a certain amount. They, they get their breaks. We. Breaks are, are, are uh, what do you call it? A privilege. 
Say, say that again. So, like, for those who are planning on coming to the United States of America, you get 30 listen, minutes. 12 hours a night. Remember when you used to day, uh, mm -hmm. well, me, me used to work at KPH as a student. And some of the nurses could leave the unit and go downtown, go do some shopping. No, Period. Period. And at nighttime, and I can say this as a fact, at nighttime, you get 30 minutes and you're not allowed to sleep. Back home, it was eight hour shifts. And then would I say, yo, yeah. But here, 30 minutes, you're not allowed to sleep and your managers will show up. They will randomly show up at one, two o'clock in the morning. They will randomly just walk onto the unit and go straight into the break room to go look to see if people are sleeping. And if you are sleeping on your lunch break, you are dismissed. So, yeah, that that there are there are disadvantages. There are many disadvantages. Um, you're That's definitely to get, one of the things I miss about working in Jamaica: the fact that we get a break. Like even if we're popped down. And you can't eat your food. Your PTO, your PTO accounts for your sick days. Oh, so remember, you, we have to say what PTO is because we do oh, have a lot of Jamaican nurses. Right. So you accumulate your paid time off and you don't, you pay time off. Like in Jamaica, you leave, your PTO would be a leave, right? Right. But in Jamaica, you also get, you also get um your DLs, departmental leave, and you get sick leaves. Yep. Separate. Separate. Here, you don't get that. You get paid time off. Period. You accumulate the time based on how much you work. Like for me, I think I accumulate almost seven hours every two weeks. But if okay. I do overtime, the overtime will make me can accumulate some more. But right. if regardless, like if you're sick, but it's but if you if you're sick and you use one and two a year, your PTO then you don't have any leave. And Which you I, don't get paid. Right. And you don't get paid. But then you work three days a week. You can schedule yourself three in the beginning, three at, a, and at the end of the next week and get a week in between. There are ways to go around it. It doesn't make it right. Yeah. There are ways to go around it. And and one of the things that I I think about every day is the fact that the U.S. does not give maternity leave. Like, not giving maternity leave and you get FMLA which is um, federal, I mean... Medical federal, leave allowance, something like so. Something like so. I don't know what the, I know is. I know it's medical leave of absence, basically. Mm -hmm. And you can take it, but you don't get paid. So then that's when you have to now pay for short-term disability, which, which covers you 50% of your salary, I believe, for a month, a month, for three months. And then you have a long-term disability that can kick in after short-term if you need to be off longer. So you have to pay into those things. And when you pay into those things and you take your medical leave of absence, you now have to file, you now have to file for short-term disability. That I didn't know, because when I did surgery back in December, my thought process was, okay, I give you all of this, I submit for my medical leave of absence, so therefore I'm gonna get paid, right? No, pay time come, I don't get paid. I'm like, oh no, what happened? My friends are telling me, girl, you have to, you have to file separately. So now I need to go and, and go file with the short-term disability to be like, hey, I paid into it. I've been off from this day. I have to provide all of my medical documents. Wow. And my doctors have to fill out more forms in order for me to get paid for the time that I needed to be off. Like, 
back home, you're sick, okay? Just you're setting the sick leave, and that's it. You're just setting the sick leave, boom, you're off. Right. Not, he, not so here. Not so here. And it's, there's so many little things that come in from Jamaica that you just don't know. And half the time, you don't know until, until it happens. Until it happens. Yeah, girl, a whole setup. Yeah, absolutely. 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 So but that you know, was, that's one of the things I kind of tell people now um, with the U.S. It's like, you know, we can see our way monetarily out of things, but then those little intricacies like with the, the um, sick leave and maternity leave and all those yeah. little, little knickknacks that you're just like, I wish home paid me more money. And I and I barely have to, people talking about vacation. And 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 we will get to the host buying later on in the conversation. But what a lot of people don't understand that with a lot of uh, with a lot of achievement, you know, there's a lot of sacrifice. Right. Uh, we I have made a lot of sacrifice to be where I am today. Like I have made a lot. Of, back home, if I'm stressed out, I could have drive the country for a weekend. You know, Mesa Beach girl, right? <laughs> at Elsha, I'm right. going to fishman, and the fishman say, "Nursey, what going, Nursey? Yeah, you want a fish? You want a fish for some festival? Festival? You understand? Here, you can do things. It's just, it's it for me personally. It doesn't relax me the same. I miss the beach, and I miss the white sands, and I miss, I miss the, I miss the, I miss the, the cousin. You know me, I say, the police pull me back. Where I pull me over, Papa? <laughs> <laughs> you know, she's a mean, I'm in uniform. Sir, I'm in uniform. Yeah. Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> I, miss, I miss Jamaica. And if Jamaica, if Jamaica would treat their, um, yeah, there it goes, family medical leave of absence. Right. Um, if, Jamaica, if Jamaica would just treat their nurses how they deserve to be treated, People talking about, oh, yeah, you know, the Cuban nurses can come. I remember when Cuban nurses came to my unit and it was a whole hell of a, it was a hell of a shit show. Because 90% of the things that we did and how we did it, they didn't do it that way. Right. And it was, um, it was a complete mess. They, and you're not respected. You're not respected by the public. I agree here with, if respect is given, you know, respect is due, Right. Um, in order for your colleagues to respect you or, I mean, for them to, to, to treat you like you have some sense. You need to behave like you have some sense, right? So if you're there home, me and my doctor them back home, we never had problems. Right. We never had problems because me have sense. My might make a one mistake here, so but them know so that it's, them, don't even, them don't even look on it like it's a big deal because them know right. like, no man, you have an off day. You understand? But to be disrespected by the public, to be disrespected by the government that is supposed to at least be, be paying you, valuing you, right, valuing right. to be disrespected by the system, it's a complete failure. It's a complete failure on the nurses. And there is no, I, I, I have yet to see any other profession in Jamaica that is as disrespected and not unpaid and just treated the way how nurses in Jamaica 
are treated. It's, it's a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace. And the people who should be making the changes that are getting paid from said nurses to make the changes and are not, they're talking about, I, I think I saw a Gleaner post the other day, oh, they're going to, um, the nurses should get a plaque for, for working in COVID. A plaque to the what we'd miss? Put in a coffin. But don't put have a in Put in the coffin. Look a plaque to put in the coffin. She was a good nurse. They must stop it. The nurses need to get paid. And this, this, this three-time or four-time and done regionals exam thing needs to be done away with. It needs to be done away with. Because there's a lot of people that go through school and can't even get forward only because some people have test taking anxiety. Some yes. people... And... and, and it's the system, right? The system. So when I was back home, it was two multiple choice, two written paper. Yes. Is the same person um, marking all the written papers? No. So therefore, two different people will interpret things differently. So I may pass with one person. So there's no consistency, is what I mean mm -hmm. to say. Yes. You understand? Like, right. You have people that, you have nurse at the exam for two days straight. Come on now. I, I did a million years of school. I must have graduated for a reason. You don't need to be giving me an exam for two days straight. And I think, I think um, for me, when I decided to leave, it was just, you never felt fulfilled. Like, you're getting a paycheck. And for all of you, know, all of the nurses were buy houses back home, hats off. To, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know how you get a mortgage out of the pay that you have. <laughs> It's hard to do it as one person, and it should not be, but that is a Jamaica systemic problem, right? Mm -hmm. While it is difficult for nurses, it is not just isolated to nurses. I could right. never buy a house by myself. Like, I have a, I have, uh, I could, I, I just, how are you going for it? How are you going for it? In, a, in, in the neighborhood that you want. So then you keep me boxed in a neighborhood, mm -hmm. and you keep me boxed. You know, you're saying to me, like, listen, if you don't have somebody to buy a house that I can't help you. The, the NHT raise, and then when NHT raise, the housing market money go up same time. And the government don't put anything in place to prevent this. Yes. Them just say, listen, it's private party, so therefore, whatever. They can do whatever they want. Right. Mm -hmm. they, they, you know, you made healthcare free, and the people them who provide in healthcare, there's not even... Beds. Some of the 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 the, the, the bed them down at KPH don't even have curtain for draw around for provide privacy for one patient. So two two patients behind the same curtain. What kind of something that's not them really are going with? And then they they sit here and act like it's the nurses' fault. Yeah. You understand? You're not paying the nurses. First of all, you 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 oppress them so they can't they can't perform or they can't um practice to their full ability so that's a whole other conversation mm -hmm. right because half of the things that you do here you can't do it back home they're not allowing right. you but they train you to do it and then they say oh stay and and and, and um stay and and help enhance jamaica and and stop doing the brain drain but what are you doing for me what are you doing to prevent me from going you don't care you say hey i'll take the indian nurses that you put in in housing for free and you give put, them a ticket to go back their, home when look, they're ready. And, right. And their family. So they put up them and them family. Mm -hmm. And then you pay them more than your Jamaican-borns. You take the nurse from Cuba, that sometimes you have to be training them. And then 
what? Mind you, when you go to Cuba and you get educated over by Cuba, your education is free. But they come to Jamaica and get paid more. Uh -huh. That was always my issue. So one of the things that I've always had a conversation with nurses who come up here, them always say like, yeah, we feel like the companies that bring us here are paying us less money. I said, listen to me. First of all, only in other people in the country. Point blank, period. And I don't believe as an immigrant just starting out, you're literally coming out and starting as a new nurse again. Even though we do have experience, I feel right. like you're now new to their system. But they back their money. Them investing are you. Them paying for your filing. The, the thing about it is that if we were to look at the other way around, that mm -hmm. the Jamaican government pays immigrants more than they pay us. Right. Only can't right. argue with the foreign people them because like, this is the way it should be done. As a citizen of a country, right. you should not feel like people are being brought into your country to be paid more than you when them just start. But you have people. You have people based on their specialty that is brought into America and that are pay being paid more but they sometimes they are p being paid more based on the experience. You understand? Right, Tracy, and it's not forever. It's not uh, forever. It's not. Uh, my thing is, the agencies are a business. You understand? Yep. They're not your friend. Not They're your friend. And, and the American culture is to be this kind of polite. The American culture is to be this kind of polite, backstabbing kind of business. You understand what I'm saying? And that's me being straight up. They will laugh with you today, but if you're not performing, you're going to go because it's not going to be them. Um, they're not going to lose their job for you, right? right? And some of the hospitals, which it pains me for the nurse, them will come up here and leadership just because you come from another country. Them treat you funny and them deal with you. And, because I've had people that have gone through this. I can safely say that. When I came here, she, the, Tikisha is the only person I have ever called boss. And she, I, to this day, when she calls me, I'm like, hey, what's up, boss? And even though I don't work for her anymore. When I came here, Tikisha treated us like we were staff. We were never yeah. We were never going to get the worst patients. We were we were in their system. If if she was having something for her staff, it meant that it meant that we, we were all coming. We were literally treated like staff and we were never given the worst of the worst. We were never deal with funny, none of that stuff. And it was it you never felt you never felt left out. And she had a few of us from, from Jamaica. She had a few of us, even from right. other countries. Um, like um Nigeria, because we have other friends that were from there. And she never made you feel that type of way. Right. But I feel for the people that go through that because I cannot imagine being in a new country, being in a new work environment, and then they're giving you the worst of the worst and you're feeling funny. But you see, that's how when you have, to, you, you have to put on your mind black and no say, listen, I'm here keep for Keep your head down. Just keep your head down, do your thing, because it's for a time. And the time I got done, and then you have to cut. The time that, I got done... That that would be one of my questions um, because I think some of us struggle when we come up here, especially if we come here from, because I know a couple of people who were charge nurses. I was a charge nurse mm -hmm. um, in the ED department. Um, me, you know, you, and you have, I have a couple of my friends who have come in from a system where we, 
are we run the ward? Are we run the unit? Like, and then you come up here and the nurses are six months in and they're your preceptor. Right. Like how do it, that transition period can be hard for a lot of people. Absolutely. Um, and, 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 it, and it can make or break you. What would you say to a nurse? Like even one sister would decide to, yeah, I'm tired of being sister. No, may I go run in and see what can go on. Like how would you say to her, what is your approach that first day you hit the unit? What would you say to her to be her approach? In all honesty, it's, this is a new environment. Cause you, you, we know this. We just have to leave, we, we literally, you literally, because being a sister, even being charged, even running units, even having all the experience that you have, you have an ego that goes with it. Yes. Because you have earned the right to have your ego because you I are. I remember, so we go from novice to expert. Now go back right. to the nursing. Right. We've done novice. Most right. of us, by the time we come here to the US, we're experts. Right. So leave your ego leave your ego on the plane yes. leave because guess what the moment you walk in and you feel like listen you just come out of school the moment you come in with that in your mind you're messed up and because if you make one person figure out that that's the attitude you're with remember you're coming at electronic charting you know you're coming at elect there are things that you can learn and in in medicine, it's funny. I did an interview the other day. I did an interview the other day, and um, you know, for an NP job, and and the lady said to me, you know, she said, for for somebody with so much experience, she's like, you're very humble. She said, I absolutely love that about you because the truth are, and 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 this is what I'll say. In medicine, it's fluid, right? There's always something to learn. Nothing always. is ever. It doesn't matter how many years you're the nursing for. It don't matter. There, you can go somewhere. It can be the same department. But guess what? Maybe the way they do things is not the way how you do things. And so you always have to have an open mind. Even if this girl has six months, um, even if she has six months and she precepts you, as Charlie said, leave your ego on the plane. Just, you're leaving it behind and, you, and you're coming with an open mind and you have to listen, I'm ready to learn. Teach me. Because guess what? Orientation are done. Happy. Orientation are done. And when orientation done, then you are up on your own. You're not business with nobody. You're not business with you. You work and your experience will now speak for yourself because you have now learned their ways. You have gotten your time period of which you learned their ways, right? Right. Now that you learned their ways, it's time to... It's time to in incorporate your... your I, got, I had one day, one day the GI doctor say on the unit, um, drain, drain, put our NG to, to like she said, put it to gravity. Look here now. The whole, <laughs> including my director, and they all, like a couple of them have way more experience than me. We're like, put it to gravity? For me and Tamar, my other good, good friend was, who come from Jamaica, so we're like, yeah, put it to gravity. Put it to gravity. What's he talking about? Put it to gravity. So me and Tom are looking at each other like, she's like, what do you mean? Just hang a bag on it and put it, put it below the patient nose hole. Hang it from the bottom of my bed. Put it to gravity. And the people them stand up. Oh, 
followed us into the supply room to get supplies and followed us to the bedside and they were all like oh my god i have never seen something like this in my life make a gear joke i like that let me tell you an experience of mine so in the er department i'm happy that taskfoy is here because i think taskfoy was one that was working by kph and taskfoy was the one that taught me this um pressure bag in the er everybody are run up and down pressure bag out of stock pressure bag out of stock we need pressure bag so and go for the manual bag pressure machine <laughs> wrap it around the bag Simple. And pressure. Everybody's like, wait, what? What's what you doing? Excuse I said, me? It's a, it's a pressure bag. I said, if you can find me two more, I can have them ready so you can spike them so we keep this going. Get me two more. And people were just like, oh, it is a pressure. Yeah. It is. It but is. that was after like years of working because usually when we walk on a unit, my play dumb. I'm going to say to you, D, my play dumb. So how do you do this? So how do you do that? And yeah, then man. usually, usually my uh, my supervisor that I had worked with one, she called me in her office and she's like, you know, I know what is in your resume, right? And I was like, yeah. She's like, stop acting dumb. <laughs> I know what's in your resume. I'm like, I'm not, you know, I was just, I, she's you like, stop it. <laughs> and it is only for a time it's only for a time it's only for a time um so uh, we're at the the greatest part of my interview because d is my motivation in the world of nursing so yes she was in the hospital came up with a van did her bid and now she's done. Dee, mm -hmm. let us know what have you been up to? When was the last time you went into a hospital? <laughs> years ago. How many years? Maybe two. Two years. So after you finished with Avant, what was your next step? I got done with Avant, but I started NP school while doing Avant. So it was full-time. Full -time Nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Work and uh, let me just tell you, it was like, listen, I, I don't know what happened to those years of my life. I feel like, cause you had to work, had to work, had to work, and then, you know, clinic started, and then I was going to clinic three days a week. I was working three days a week. Sometimes I was in clinic for four days, and then I was at work for three, and I was sick all the time because I was so exhausted. But yeah, I did. I I was done with Avon two thousand and nineteen. Mm -hmm. Two thousand and nineteen, maybe I think, or eighteen, sixteen. I was done with Avon maybe two thousand eighteen. I think like the summer of two thousand eighteen, mm -hmm. and I had done one more year with with West Houston. And then I was done with school December of 2019, but I had switched jobs. I had so she's a nurse practitioner, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Let me put that out there. And this is why also getting your first home, no? Listen, I, I got my first home 2016. We were in an... Girl. 
Jesus. So for my green, we'll come up here. So after we'll come up here in January, you know, me and Shane was like, okay, we'll start looking for a house, whatever, whatever. So one night, I had just started these 12 worships. And one night I came home with a migraine. Because sometimes when I was stressed, I got migraines. Okay, in January 2016, where I had a migraine and I came home. And there were, we had a neighbor upstairs that I, I don't know if she was a night shift. I don't know. But at nighttime, the kid all running all over the, like it sounded like the house had tumbled, the, the apartment had tumbled down by your head top. And then right behind our bed was another room, I, I'm assuming. So every night, there was noise. So this night when I had a migraine and I said, you know what, Shane, I'm just going to go lie down. At like 12 o'clock in the morning, all you could hear was the bed, their bed head slamming against the wall. So it just kept going. Like, <laughs> so this, this crap went on for like an hour. And I'm like, sir, sir. <laughs> Two o'clock when it was like, it was, they were just not going to be done. Mm-hmm. Yo, Shane got so, and he doesn't get upset. Like, anybody that know my husband know that he's so reserved and he's so quiet. I was surprised. He stood up in the middle of the bed and he, like, beat down the, the wall. He beat down the wall. And I was like, Shane, calm down. It's just, just let it go. 12 o'clock in the morning. 2 o'clock in the morning. And he was like, this is ridiculous. And I'm like, just, just let it go. And we went back to bed. And the next morning... He dropped me at work and he's like, yo, I'm going to go find us a house. I'm not doing this shit. And we found a house in June and we went through Adventure because there was nobody else that was going to give us a loan because we didn't have credit. Enough credit, right. Right, we didn't have credit history. So we went and, and um, yeah, we, we bought a house. We went house hunting and we, we bought our first house, which was Cottage Dream Lane. Absolutely love that house. Regret selling that house every single day. And he will tell you, he if, if you ask him his biggest regrets, he will tell you that. In, in real estate, he regrets selling that house. That house, it was such a nice house too. Like on the outside, it looked small, but when you went in, the ceilings were high. We had painted it gray modern the backyard was huge because that's his thing his thing is backyard he loves real estate so we, we bought our first house in june um i think i started school the following year which is 2017 right in fall but we went to jamaica in the summer and we came back and bought a rental okay and we bought the rental like in june and it flooded a month later or something i remember that I remember that. So, when that bad flood in Texas. Yes, that, that Harvey. And, yes. and the house wouldn't have flood. That's the funny thing. The house wouldn't have flood, but I think Houston was flooding so bad that they were like, they had to open a dam. And because they opened the dam, that is what, that house was right, it, that area was right next to the dam. Right. And they said, the dam. And, and they told everybody in that neighborhood, they're like, listen, we're sorry, we have to open the dam. You need to evacuate. We're your, host your homes are going to get flooded. So under normal circumstances, it wouldn't it have flood. flood. They opened the dam section by section. And as the only section by section, that house flooded. And then when that house flooded, we had to invest money to now fix it. So I come in 2016, January. I buy a house, June 
2016, keep working, 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 applied for school, buy another house, 2017, summer, it flood, and then I started school when we were re renovating it, we were renovating it in the cold, we had to do most of the work ourselves, had to ask my brother to help us because it was, it was a crapshoot, like we couldn't afford to pay, um, you um, know, construction workers or anybody. Right. So I'm telling you, my husband know how to install an entire kitchen and put granite and dip, <laughs> no, like, but we can install cabinets, we can do plumbing. My my dad did the my dad did the electrical. It was a whole thing. So then all of that while going through school, all of that while doing personal personal things mm -hmm. during that time, like I was going through what I was going through trying to start a family. Mm -hmm. And so it was, I just don't know where those years went. I am telling you, I don't know, but. And now I'm, we're on to house number three. Yeah, because we, we in, 20, in 2018, so in 2018 now we sold cottage stream and we're like okay well let's buy our dream house because we're family gonna expand right god may i watch you you know may i watch it we have one with but anyways <laughs> yeah so we bought literally my dream home we sold cottage stream to the money out of cottage stream paid down on this one and then we've been here since 2018 and then a couple weeks ago um when you know because of the market and the interest rates we refinanced our home because now is such a good time to do it we refinanced our home and uh, we got our interest rate down to like 1.99 percent nice so we took all the equity out of this home and we paid off our rental so our rental is free and clear mortgage and free mortgage free i am so yeah so we're mortgage free on our rental and then this one, we're now, we put it on a, it's on a 15 year, I believe. So it's on a 15 year and the plan is that mortgage should help to, should pay because that mortgage essentially can pay this one. Because that house, if, if, it's like a backup plan, right? Because yeah. Shane is self-employed. So because Shane is self-employed, he is always trying to find multiple streams of income because right. never know the day that things are just not going to work out. And when COVID hit, it affected his business a lot because of the importing of stuff from China. And so the shipping times got, the shipping time was extended. Mm -hmm. The shipping rates were more expensive. And so, which is one of the reasons why I will always maintain my nursing job. And that's also right. a reason for master's. And I'm, I'm going to go get my doctorate. I started, I put it on pause until I'm ready. But it's one of the reasons why I will always have like a job because if, if, if something should happen, it should be that I should be able to work and cover or expensive, which is why he doesn't do loans and debts. My husband, him don't do loans and him don't do debts. And if him have a loan, him have a problem. A lot of people say, which is a misconception, um, that you have to have debt in order to build your credit. It is not true. We don't have a car, none of our cars, we don't have a payment on any of our cars. The only loan that we have right now is our mortgage. We don't take loans. He doesn't take loans for anything else. If, if, if I can't afford to buy it, 
or if it needs to go on a credit card, it means that I can't afford it. And that's, right. I, I have, I never had good money management. Shane has a lot of good money management. And so he kind of, he was, you, he was, not to cut you, do you believe that that's one of the downfalls of nurses when they come here? Do you think that it is that we're not able to manage most, well, some of us, are not able to manage money because you have these credit card companies who start preying on you one after the other, after the other, after the other. And I've been trying to like those who I am aware, who I am a part of and who know me, I'll say to them, you know, having a credit card is not bad. It's I not have, bad. Right Absolutely. now I have two, mm -hmm. but I can let you know that before that statement balance is printed, Suan has a negative balance on that credit card. So, so, I feel like when it comes to money, a lot of people may not. So some people don't have good money management. Some people, it comes naturally to them. Some people who have a lot of responsibility from a young age, for whatever reason, I don't know. Because right. I, I never had good money management. And I, I, don't, I cannot pinpoint where it went wrong. So when you come here and you you are able to buy all these things and as long as your paycheck can pay for it that means you technically can afford it that, that's how you feel right, right. because they you and so your minimum payment is what your minimum payment is i had a bad experience with a credit card back home in jamaica and since then i'm, I'm more aware that listen mechanic the statement balance hits right here i have about five or six credit cards i don't know i maybe have four or five and, and right. the reason i can tell you that i don't know is because i cut up the cards i have one card that is not cut up and that i have the actual card but um and and i'll use it occasionally but if i use it i pay back the money same time so i'll pass money on it just so that i can probably get like the points or the cash right. back yeah yeah if you want the cash back and i mean shane don't believe in the cash back but everybody <laughs> If you can put money in, and he will do big purchases on, like he has a card for miles, so he'll do big purchases on, on that, that card. Yeah. Right. But for us, for me, I have a card, my Bank of America card, and they're, they're weird here. You know, you, they see you pay off your balance, and so every year they raise, they raise your thing. And if you, and, and I learned this the hard way, if you call them and say, hey, you raised my thing, reduce it your credit takes a hit right I didn't, so they raised my they raised my thing they raised my 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 balance right my available balance or whatever my credit limit they raised my credit limit from like it starts out at 1500 right so they raised it up to like five grand and i was like no no sis i don't get paid five grand every two weeks don't do it and i'm not gonna put myself in a, this situation so i called them and i was like listen reduce it to 2500 Yo, my credit took a hit. Right, I'm right. So mad because, and then my husband, he was like, Deidre, what did you do? And I was like, well, I reduced the balance because his name is on that card as like an authorized user so that it helps us to build each other credit. Right. So he's like, no, you should have asked me first. Well, credit took a, take a hit. I was like, well, I didn't know. So credit took a hit for that. I mean, it recovered in a couple months, but it's, an, it's, it's, it's annoying that you didn't know. Right. right. But I feel like if you if you don't have good money management
you're exposed to so much and you can buy so much and, and they give you so much credit that you have to, you have to, you have to rein in yourself, right? We, I think when we bought Cottage Stream, in between buying Cottage Stream and this home, we had taken the van. We, I mean, our car payment on the van, and this is personal, our car payment on the van, because he took it on like a five-year, was something like $1,000 a month. And it wasn't that we couldn't afford it. It was just, he wanted the van and we're just like, okay, you know, whatever, let's just get it. So I think when COVID hit and his business took a hit, he was just like, DJ, he was the person that if he does not have the cash to buy something, him not buy it. That's how we right. were about. Mm -hmm. we, we carpooled with one car and when he had the, when he had the money to buy my, a car, he bought it cash. And when we sold that car and we sold his car, we came up and we bought my Q5 cash. We didn't have a loan on it. And we still have that car to this day. We bought that car for 25K and it is now worth $8,000. So if you want to throw away money, the fastest way you can throw away money is on a car. If you buy a brand new car, you're really putting yourself, is either you're going to keep it and drive it till it's dead or you're putting yourself in a situation where all of that depreciation will hit your car. And when time comes for you to sell it back, you lost all of that money. Yeah. We have a thing where we don't buy cars great. We don't buy cars new. It has to be maybe three years or older. And But he tries to find them in such good condition. Like my van is 2015. And it had, when we bought it, it had 17,000 miles on it. No. Right, so now we're as a, in a position where we have lost 50% of what we bought that car for. Mm -hmm. So that van is now worth something like $28,000, which is stupid. It, it, well, not 50%, less than uh, maybe 30%. So, so now it's stupid because we're now at a point where he's like, well, should we still we'll sell your van and we can use that cash to do a lot of other things we can put it in our mutual funds right. we can we can invest it you know because he he put five thousand dollars in our mutual funds i think when we just got here and that money has turned to 10 grand in th four years and then he put another amount of money in like a savings account or something and it and he, he got like two grand on it or a grand which is stupid because it was more than the five grand so right. No, you're at a point where I can sell this van for 28k. I can go back and maybe buy a car mm -hmm. for 10 grand and I still have 18, right? And then I can take 18 and I can invest it. So a lot of people, you know, he keeps I I don't care. I I don't care for cars. People might look and say, "Oh my god, she bought a BMW and she have to give it up." Okay, that's fine. You know what I'm saying like you have to be strong within yourself and when you get here yeah and you have to you have to watch the money watch your money you work hard for your money watch your money do your research the school thing a lot of people go into np school and a lot of people go into school on a whole watch this school thing a lot of these private schools are charging you 80k 60k saying oh you know you can get some student loan because student loan will just pay it for you right be careful you don't need an eighty thousand. there are public schools like my sister got to ut health 
-hmm. And her degree is going to cost her about 20 grand, I think, or 20 little bit. Mm -hmm. Don't a degree for $80,000 when you can get it done for 20 grand. Look up the schools, the public schools in the area that you're at. Like, so if you're stationed in Alabama, you look up your public schools there. Same for Georgia, same for Texas. I paid 25 for my degree. And I would have paid less. I think in that last year, the school got popular, which is UTL Paso. Mm -hmm. And their credit went, it's like them, them double the cost of, of the, the thing. And that's, everybody wanted to come in. Right. Listen, school, this is a school loan business up here. Them, you see them private school here? The recruiter, them hunt you. Because guess what? They get paid to recruit you right they get paid for you to enroll in school when you come from jamaica and you're getting a ue i said i'm about to get in a ue because the truth of the matter is you don't have no choice you right. are is you are or ncu etc so it's like you don't have no other choice here you have a lot of public schools and you have a lot of different start dates and you have a lot of private schools public schools harder to get into because they're cheap do yourself the favor and do the research i've met people who didn't know that there were other um np courses and and i'm only saying it so if you're watching this i'm only saying it so that it can benefit someone else i am not saying it to against you in any way right but you didn't know that you know you have acute care np's different from fnp's she didn't know that you have um adult gerontological versus fnps that you have pediatric nurse practitioners acute care pediatric nurse practitioners women health nurse practi practitioners certified nurse midwives all of these avenues are different there are mental health NPs. do your research and figure out which one you want to do a fnp should not be working in a hospital lots of people don't know that the reason why they allow fnps to work in hospitals is because they can see patients across the entire lifespan so what you find is They'll say, no, well, let's take a FNP. But truthfully, you're not supposed to. And if you go to a good program, they will tell you you're not supposed to. If you want to work into a hospital, you need to be an acute care NP. You right. can get NPs and then you can combine both, right, in a sense. But ideally, acute care hospitals, FNP, clinics, primary care offices, that's where you're supposed to be. Women's health NP. You work in the OB office, blah, 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 blah. You can't go in at the hospital at the top, but yeah, deliver a baby. That's where certified nurse midwives come in. So know the differences. Know what you want and do the research. And, you know, don't follow people. Don't come on people page and say, I'm going to FNP. Maybe I'm going to do that. So no, <laughs> no. Wait. Look here, I am money, you know? Yeah. I am money your money trust me and and which one are you d i'm a family nurse practitioner but you work from home i don't work in an np role i work in an rn role but i'm a i'm a transfer center rn which i didn't even know that that was a thing so can you just oh, explain to us what a <laughs> transfer center rn is so what i do is basically if a patient comes into your er Mm -hmm. And you don't have the specialty to take care of this patient. I need to move the patient to somewhere. So you call me and you say, hey, I have a patient. They have an elbow. They have a, uh, they have an elbow. And they need to be moved. I don't have neuro IR. And then I will say, okay, this place has neuro IR. They have beds. 
they should be able to take it. I call the doctor, I call the neurosurgeons. Hey, I have an elbow. We need to go. We'll move the patients. If you need flights, I call flights. Hey, I have this patient. Okay. Go there. They check weather. If you want high risk OB ground. So we do everybody. High risk OB ground, pediatric, anything, trauma, stroke. And you're working under an agency or a hospital? So I work for the hospital. So I work with HCA's hospital system. Okay. So every hospital system have a transfer center. So okay. Methodist has one, Herman has one, St. Luke's, all of these places have one. But my, I think our transfer center is one of the ones that work 90% from home. Okay. I work from home, which has spoiled me, which is a part of the reason why I haven't been eager to look for an NP job because <laughs> most NP jobs, Monday to Friday, eight to five, you have to go out. I'm just like, mm, I get to work from home. You're spoiled. I'm spoiled. Three days a week. And then the, 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 the salary that I get paid here is an entry-level NP thing. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> you know what I'm, why? <laughs> I'm spoiled. And, and I've been applying for NP jobs recently because I realized that I need to, I need to get going. Because I have to start Right, so I need to start practicing. So I just, I did a couple of interviews last week and the week before. So we'll see. We'll see and we will check back in so that we can see yeah. as well. <laughs> so That's my it. last couple of questions. Um, mm -hmm. What are some of the things that you do? Well, you don't really do no work, so you don't need to unwind. Look here. <laughs> Look here. But we all know we're in COVID now. Um, you know, people are stressed at the bedside. Some people are overwhelmed with just the news. I haven't watched the news in forever. It's just now I start watching the news and kind of just keeping abreast with what is happening. But I really don't pay attention to the news because mental health is real. And so I have to keep my mental health intact to actually go into the hospital to actually be present. However, um, I would really like to know what does Dee do to unwind? What does she do just to just not be a nurse for one day when she's off? Like yesterday, right? I did a bunch. We did gardening like literally all day. So I like to work on things at home. I'm a homebody. Um, I like to hang out with my family. I'm a little bit one of these weird people where... I love my friends, but I don't love going out because sometimes I'm lazy. So occasionally, like Shane will take me, we'll go out and we'll have dinner or lunch and just hang out. Um, but I like movies. Like we have a movie room. And so that's my, that's my jam. Like I'll watch The Grinch 50 times. I'll watch Harry Potter 50 times. I just, I kind of, I'm a homebody. I like being at home. I like... Yes, Marty look, works very hard September. Every time my parents say, oh, I'm going to call CPS. Because my nephew is stressed out. But the, the better question is, where is he? <laughs> I have been sitting here and I just realized that he's not even in here. See, you don't even know my nephew there. What kind of money you be? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that he's missing Mark. yes yeah but i like you know it's right harry potter oh my god 
dun, 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 dun. <laughs> uh, her, but oh you know what i watched your last um thing and there's something that i wanted to say because i remember when you had asked her if covid was hitting her icu harder than other. listen i can tell you this in texas covid is is real and it's absolutely terrible. Mm -hmm. And what you find is a lot of the hospital systems have closed. So they don't have the capacity to take a patient from one hospital system to the other, wow. right? Find is it's been, your, if, if you're a nurse and you work at a hospital, you may not see that there are people literally dying in freestanding ERs. And we can't move people from freestanding ERs. We can't, it's so hard. It has become devastating. Or freestand they have freestanding ears that are not freestanding ears that are not attached to hospitals. Right. Don't do it. Don't go there. Don't do it. Because if you go there and you need to get admitted, nobody will take you because everybody's full and unless somebody knows somebody, they're not going to take you. And so some nurses may not feel it as much as others. But this is still under pressure. And I don't, I don't know, like, nobody seems to care because, you know, politics. But, yeah, I, I, I needed to have said that. And it's a good thing you asked me because it's, it's just, I just remember. But, and yeah, you I have to deal with these patients too, right? Like, when the hospital call you for a transfer center, they'll bed. tell you we're on, oh, what? So, in yeah. the U.S., um, if you don't have enough staff or you don't have enough supplies, the hospitals mm -hmm. can go on what we call diversion. Right. So um, in Jamaica, I don't think we have that. Can we go on no. diversion? No. So in Jamaica, you can't go on diversion. But here right. in the U.S., if there's not enough staff, there's not enough um, supplies, right. the doctor them just decide, said, you know, we can't manage, hospitals go on diversion. So right. the ambulance right. can be coming to, your coming to the hospital, and they're like, yeah, we're not taking nobody else. Move on. Yeah. But move on absolutely yeah that's how it works but it it's 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 a ton my thing oh my anyways it's a touchy situation because you have to truly like if if somebody won't get you in trouble for it they can get because it's called i guess mtala or whatever so mtala yeah right so you could literally, if you lie, for example, which is why typically if I call and I say, listen, your diversion has expired. So per your administration, you're not you on diversion. patient, right. But then sometimes like the secretaries or even the charge nurses are like, no, I'm like, listen, I'm not going to take it from you. And unless you want that $25,000 fine, I'd suggest that you let me talk to the doctor and you let him tell me that he's declining. Because whenever we make calls, it's on recorded lines, right? So if they want to pull the call and then check the times, if, if somebody wants to be spiteful, right? They pull the calls and check the times and they can file in the hospital. Wow. And then that gets a $250,000 fine or something like that. Like if you, if you try to do, if you try to not take patients when you have capability and capacity. So if you have beds and you have the specialty that is needed, mm -hmm. you are required by a lot to take the patient. And you can't, you know, you can't just say, no, man, I'll take it. But I feel like it's a good thing. I feel like it's a good thing for here because sometimes you, them don't have it and they're not able to. Right. 
a lot of these hospital systems have been on diver for months now i think i think that's one of the things that kind of hurts me sometimes when i look back at jamaica and i'm like you're on yeah. a ward with 40 patients and two nurses and you're like pushing the stretcher in the middle that's all and call it 13 a yeah excuse yep and call it 13 a put it and I, yeah. you know what hurt me about jamaica so let me tell you what hurt me about jamaica no no that no, that my 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 sense of the camera. About <laughs> some of them 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 people here, we are come talk about nurse of Jamaica need to have them own O2 stat and them own blood pressure machine. Look here, look here. Nurses don't the the, the doctors that the doctors the hospitals need to provide those things for the nurses because because I cannot administer I cannot administer the drug that you want me to administer. Unless I know the result, but guess what? You can't change the dose unless you have when me right down in there. So me need it just as much as you. I am so sick and tired of people talking about, yes, you must walk with your own O2 set and you must walk with your own blood pressure machine and your own temperature. No, the hospitals need to provide this. I don't understand why the Nursing Association of Jamaica not sticking up to the sticking up for the nurses the way they're supposed to be, you know. Look here now. I swear. <laughs> it's it's but that's just... not even the point. Like, they get stolen. You it's, buy it's these what... things, they get stolen and or, broken. Or broken. And listen. I'm coming up to the salary where you don't want to pay me. It hurt me, you know? May I tell you, say, some of the things are going on in Jamaica. It's not right. I swear, if I could, if I knew how to make the change i honestly would invest the time yeah but problem with nursing in jamaica is one they're not united and, and it, it, it's not that the younger nurse they're not united you know the older nurse is not united with the younger nurses and what you find is they're the ones that put things in a in a damn mind and talk about oh Oh yeah, you need for you need for bring your own. You shouldn't be saying that. You should be going back to the hospital administration and saying to them that listen, you need to be providing this. Yeah. Only need to, the, the hospital administration needs to do their job. They need to fight for the staff. You understand me? And and stop making it seem like it is the responsibility of the nurse. You think you can go work up here and then talk about where's your blood pressure machine? Look here, if you don't have a blood pressure machine. You have a problem on that unit, and that is the manager and the director's problem, and they will go and find it from where they find, find the blood it. pressure machine and card come give you. Yup. Instead, they're making Jamaica um, nurses believe that is their responsibility, and like that girl, I said it's supposed to come out of them uniform. And say, Look here now. <laughs> they must get this white uniform and stuck in our white shoes. Foolishness. They need to cut it out. Hot. Hat. 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 Listen to me. First of all, and, and the life coming to an end, but DJ just a dig up the anstem. Just a dig up the anstem. Yeah, listen to me. Man. Most of us are females. I don't yeah. I could have never understand why many need to wear white pants and white skirt. Tailored. It needs to be I tailored. can understand for a, a, a what you call it for one of those official events. That's it. Right. Don't get me wrong. Official events are what. But official events, you should just be able to show up business casual or or, or business attire. 
But listen to me now. I it hurt me for it hurt me for the nurse them were dead on there. Like truly, you know. Yeah. Truly, like and even those that you've been hearing. Those that you've been hearing have been passing, and I think I saw a a a a, a, a gleaner. I think it was a gleaner observer. How many other nurses are now in quarantine in one of the hospitals? And I'm just like, what caused this? Is it because we don't have any supplies for PPEs? Are the nurses just overworked? Look here. There, it is a recipe for disaster. The units are full. The units, they're not AC'd. So them hot as hell, right? So them not AC'd. The units are full. Them, them, them not have, them not have them, them proper PPEs. Them, some of them not have the N95. Like, a part of me the other day, I, I said I was going to go on AliExpress and I swear I would have tried and see if I can order a whole heap of, like, um, SPO2 and stuff. Because I hear one, want the gleaner, the, the nurse post something and say she asks for battery for putting at the SPO. And, and I want SPO2 them after the whole unit. Jamaica to stop it. The government is the problem. You cannot have free healthcare and then you're robbing up the money and you're not investing the money where it needs to go. If you're going to give free healthcare, then you have, you to, have to have something you have to, to, to push on it. You have to have something to cushion it. There has to be something right. to cushion it. Right. You know, the heat, the, look here, look here. Come on now. No, need upon an AC unit. And when you're going up, up here, yeah, sweat bullets. Jaja. Much less in the ER department at Jamaica when I have no AC, I'm a sweat, and then you have to run up and down. The, but even so how much nurse come at work, Dutty Car them can't afford for bike care. Oh why? The nurse them can't have one bus. It, look here, it grieves me you now. Them 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 can't afford for bike care, them can't afford for buy house. Them them not get transportation and then the same taxi man them and everybody else will want to carry them. The admin the administration is Jamaica. Like Tashna is saying is one. It's it like it it's just ridiculous. If you want to give adequate care, sometimes you don't have any choice but to buy the supplies. Exactly. I agree. You don't have the choice to do it. Yeah. You don't have any choice and you have to do it, but you should not have to. Should not. You not have to. And, and it's not okay. Sit down it's up not up okay. Not do nothing. Them sit it's up not up okay. I resign. And then not do nothing for help. The system. Them not, and, and a lot of them don't care to get the nurses a raise. You know why? Because they don't make enough money for themselves. And some of them are coming like crab in a barrel. So if you can't, if you're not supposed to make more than me. Everybody watch everybody money. You know the funny thing up here? Your director don't know how much you work. Your director and the leadership that, work, that you work with on the units, they're not, they're not allowed to discuss money with them staff. It's, that is an HR issue. None of them not care. None of them. Watch it. One beep, one little BP machine. And and the thing is, it's been like that before we left. And it's like it has it's, not gotten better. And I think and it, most nurses now a change. Most nurses I, now when they come out of, of university or out of Exeter or nursing school, the one thing is how me get out of here. 
yeah how, how how me get out of here is like them reach and it's like and and i can understand now because now i'm feeling the effects of it like my literally now the 36 hours and anybody who knows swan knows say me use a clock hours. easily 70 to 80 hours a week now on my assignments if them get me work an extra shift because the whole extra shift me at work i'm up myself because I don't know where I'm coming from. I stop work overtime. Right, healthcare is not a problem in Jamaica. Where, but, you know, healthcare, in, in America, the problem with the U.S. healthcare system, you know, is it's money-driven. So, if you ask me, Jamaica has a, Jamaica has a solid system with solid healthcare professionals. The problem with the U.S. is it's money-driven. So, you come into this hospital... My, my this surgery and um my copay for my doctor was less than my anesthesiology copay. Anesthesiology was billing me something like eight hundred dollars after surgery. Mm-hmm. When my doctor didn't even collect that much for my copay, and it's kind of like I pay you two hundred and something dollars every two weeks. Come on, no, what you doing? Mm-hmm. And and. It hard. It's 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 not easy up here, and and there are some things that are not easy. But you, you think about Jamaica, and it's like you think about Jamaica. But just as I said, there's things that I I do now that I could never do again. There are things that I did then that I could never do now. Never, never did. My hair. You said the last time in a Jesus life room that you never um them never you were never permanent at you. I was never permanent at you for the years that I was there. Never. They never had a position to give to me. They don't have any position to give to. You don't have the position and you're not a staff. Mm-hmm. It's, it's almost like it's a way to continue to rub you and rape you to rot it because you're not getting a pension or nothing once you temp. You're not getting no benefits once you temp. So, them the one paying to your pension. So, me that I work for four years and have nothing to add up and nothing. That makes sense. And I didn't even know that, Deidre. No one... So we had gone to, like... We got to go to a, one of the nurses. I think it was nurses week or whatever. And a friend of mine was the one who asked. Because she older than me. And, you know, you know me. I want like a young nurse. You know, really, to pay attention. Me, I get my pay every month. So I'm not to penny, pension, ray, ray, whatever. And my friend asked. She was like, yeah, so... Um, you know, I haven't gotten a level one position yet. What does that mean for my pension? And the man was like, what do you mean? You must say, I said, which pension? We don't know you until you are absolutely in a position of at least level one. We don't know you. Absolutely. And like all those things for me added up to say, work for what system? For how long? For why? For Why? And and that's the thing with Jamaica. Jamaica wants you to give and give and give and give and give. And and you should be okay with not getting anything in return. And and again, that's where America comes in. You know, it's not easy. Working all these hours is not easy. Uh, a lot of things aren't easy. But is it easier than Jamaica? It absolutely is. Yes. It absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely worth it to move here and... My thing is move here and make the decision for yourself. You have somebody telling you, say, yo, why you come to America? It's not better up here. You know, them, them work your hard. Them absolutely work your hard. 
because I used to work hard as hell. Mm -hmm. The work, you see, the 12 hours when you're there on your foot, I tear down the hallway and PT, OT, ST, every type of T plus the doctor them call you and you're putting orders and you draw blood and you run go a lab and you tear down the whole place. It is not easy. Do I get paid? I absolutely get paid. I absolutely get paid for the hard work. I absolutely get paid for, for tearing and I can work three days a week and not do any overtime and I can still go and buy myself a house. And I don't need a man to buy me a buy a house with me. I could buy a house by myself. Sue. Sue. <laughs> points. You do not need you bought your house by yourself. Your beautiful home, which let me tell you, it's a gorgeous home. And you're hustling. <laughs> and you're doing you're doing amazing things. Mm -hmm. You're doing amazing things. And you don't need somebody to validate that. Right. And that's what people, you know, you spend a lot of money on your, on your education. You spend a lot of money to be where you are. You don't want to have to depend on somebody else to help you to achieve certain things. You want to be able to can do whatever you want to do when you want to do it. And if you and your husband or you and your boyfriend or you and whoever don't work out, you won't be able to can still stand up on your own. Right. You understand? And that's what you can do here. And my thing is, you know, you do your five years with your green card, then you file for your citizenship. Don't pay in other people them economy and don't have your citizenship for come and go when you please. So if one day you decide to listen, I've had enough of you guys, I'm gonna sell my house and take all of that equity and all of that money, all of that US, and go to Jamaica and live comfortably, you can. And you don't have to worry about nothing. And if you don't have to worry if shit hit the fan and you need to come back here, come work, you have a problem. Invest in yourself and, and coming here is investing in yourself. And getting that nursing degree gives it, it, it you, have to, you, have to, you have to do certain things and you have to work on it for a little while and you have to pass your NCLEX and yeah. But all of this is you investing in yourself. So if it takes for you to fail it two, three times, four times, and you have to go back and do it, oh, look who makes an appearance. <laughs> Two, three, four times to do the NCLEX. Do your NCLEX in a two, three, four times. I'm not in a business with you. And there's nothing to be ashamed of. You're not dumber than anybody else. They, the nurses here are educated and they have been training for that NCLEX. They have been practicing those type of questions for for all the time that they've been in school. It's what they're, 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 they're taught to pass yeah. and to pass the in clicks way and and they're tested that way we are not tested that way our testing system is not what their system is so you don't make you dumb nor nothing there's nothing to be ashamed of and if somebody making you feel embarrassed about it then that person is not for you and if you don't have somebody in your corner sticking by you and saying listen what do you need or how can i help you then you don't need them and it's a waste of time and and that's that's literally what I will literally close saying. Invest in yourself. Yeah. You have to invest in yourself. Everything you do, you know, you have to invest in yourself and, and you have to surround yourself with people with people that see your worth and that will invest in you. And that will that will root for you in your highs or your lows and don't judge you. It is not our place to judge anybody and it is not our place to judge anybody else's choices. You may not agree with it. But be that friend that if it don't work out, 
you just say, yo, yeah, it never work out. Yeah. Thank you so much, D. I uh-huh. appreciate you taking time out to come into Sue's life room behind the R and behind the sets. Thank you for everybody who joined in. If you have any questions, this live will be saved. So you can put your questions under there. Dee's going to make sure she checks. <laughs> because right. I noticed that a lot of people will check in after the live to say, you know, I had some questions for this person. Or I had some questions for that person. You can put it under the live and I'll try to get the person personally to answer. Or mm-hmm. I'll try and answer as much as I can. But th- listen, I told you all that mm-hmm. Dee was going to be it. And she is it. And we wish her all the best with all her interviews. I, I mean, I'm not worried. I mean, right? like, she's got to have more than one job, job offer. Uh, one girl, I got just a fear, any, any, many more. Like, it's positivity. You know, that's what I say. So, but she does have a lot of, lot of, lot, whatever questions you want to ask her. She's going to private back her page. But as I said, you can always yeah. come under the live. And ask the question. And once you come under the live and ask the question, I'll try and get her to personally yes. answer you guys. Um, and she's an open book as much as she needs to be yes. in terms of if you're a nurse who wants to come from the US here, if you're a nurse who's trying to buy a house, if you're a nurse who is wanting to know how to have a car without car payments, listen, let her know. And she's definitely one to open up that conversation because the whole we can win. Like, the one I would there for everybody. Everybody, everybody can win. And like, you can take my money from me, and me can yeah. take your money from you. It's here yeah. for everybody. But for everybody. thank you, Dee. Um, I did Welcome. put Dee in for this day because of her schedule. Sue's next live room will be 9.27, and then we'll go back to every two weeks. But I had to do it for yeah. Deidre because... Manose, it did like a blow out of the water. And Manose, own girl, was coming with all the tea. So I had to have her in here. And I appreciate you coming, um, Dee, and talking to me. And I wish you all the best, my internet bestie. I'm hoping one of these days I get invited to the cookout. Also, I must come at the cookout because I'm going to tell you. You know, that's my brother in law. I can't cook, you know, but I will bring him my belly. So I've been telling you, him will cook. So I get invites, I'm there, I come in, I don't have to come for D, I come for you. Oh my God. The drama. Thank you, honey. Thank you for being Thank on my life. Thank you for everybody who came in and have a great Monday. Bye. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you guys so much for joining me in Sue's Life Room behind the RN, behind the stats. I hope to see you guys again on the next episode of the podcast, Mondays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can follow me as well on I am Sue Ann Brown on Instagram and on TikTok, I am Sue Ann Brown 87. Thanks again so much for joining us and I hope to see you again soon. Have a great day.